Y'all looking amazing today. Um, you know, you're always so generous and you give out of your heart to um, these initiatives. And because you do that, God's promise is to bless and increase you. Um, I do know this, though. I know that there are plenty of times we say, God, if you give it to me, God, I'll do it. Man, I wish I could give the, you know, the $50 or I wish I could give the $100. God, if you gave it to me, I would give it. Now, listen, if you're really honest about that, God will get it to you. But you just got to remember that when that $100 bill comes in, that, that's not yours to go to, you know, take your whole family out to In-N-Out or, you know, out to dinner that you're like, oh, look at me, I got some money. You just remember, God, I, you brought this to me for me to sow back into the kingdom of God. Because can I tell you, when you make, like, uh, when you open your mouth and you declare those kind of promises to God or God, vows to God, and you don't keep your side of the vow, that river's going to stop flowing to you. And you can beg God all day for money, but he can't trust you with it. Let's be trustworthy people, even in our resources. Let's be trustworthy people. So I'm so excited about all the, uh, the sh Christmas show we have, the Christmas uh, Eve um, time together that we have. Make sure you invite people out. Uh, I promise they'll leave better. And my prayer is they'll leave with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because that's the reason that Jesus came. I love that in the word of God, it says that the reason why Jesus came was to destroy the works of the devil. If you look around in your life right now and you look around in the world that we're living in, you see chaos, you see brokenness, you see lack, you see poverty, you see frustration, you see sickness, you see families falling apart, you see chaos. Those are all results of the enemy's involvement in this world and in this world system. God didn't want it to be that way because God is good and God loves you. That's why the Bible says in John that God so loves you that he took his prized possession and he sent him to earth. He sent Jesus to live and to die for us so we could be reconciled or brought back into a relationship with him. And when God is now your father, God takes that father responsibility to be also your protector, your provider, your life giver, your sustainer, the giver of the direction and the purpose of your life. So instead of walking around defeated and dysfunctional, we now, because of Jesus Christ, can live in freedom. That's why we celebrate this season. The world has very commercialized the season. I mean, it, it, really, it really, really has. Even us as, as believers in Christ who know the reason for the season, it's easy for us to get caught up just in the commercialization of Christmas, and it's fun. And God wanted us to celebrate, and he wants us to have joy, and he wants us to give gifts, and he wants us to have a great time of celebration. But he definitely wants Jesus still to be the center and the reason. You know, this morning, we're going to read through uh, this story in Luke. But back in the Old Testament, if you were to read through the Old Testament, you end with the book of Malachi. 
In the book of Malachi, one of the last things that the prophet says, a prophet being a spokesman for God. Back in the Bible, in the Old Testament, when God spoke to people, he would declare it to a man or to a prophet who would then stand before the people and say, this is what God is saying. Nowadays, since we all have the opportunity to receive Jesus into our life, we have God's spirit on the inside of us, and he talks to us personally and individually. That's pretty awesome. But back in the Old Testament, the man of God had to stand before the people and declare what God was saying. All throughout the Old Testament, you would see uh, the men of God declare a, a, a statement or give a promise or give a de declaration to God's people, and then he'd step back and he'd see what they were going to do with the word that was spoken. Sometimes the people received it, they acted on it, and they saw God's favor and God's blessing just like he promised. Sometimes they heard that word and they're like, eh, what's the big deal? Life is hard, it doesn't really matter. And they rejected the word of God and they found themselves plenty of times defeated, broken, dysfunctional, in bondage, in lack, not having a thing, begging God again to show up in their lives. God wanted to do good things. So in the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, one of the last things that the prophet declared to the people, he says this, he says, behold, I'm going to send Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord. He'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. And then God was silent. There's nothing recorded that God ever said again for 400 years about that. About 400 years. God didn't say anything else. The last thing he said is, I'm going to send, I'm going to send to you someone in the, in the, a prophet before the great day, Elijah the prophet before the day, the great day of the Lord. And he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers. The next thing that we hear God say is this right here after 400 years of silence in Luke chapter 1 verse number 5 it says when Herod was king of Judea there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah he was a member of the priestly order of Abiah and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes they were careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations so they were good, honest, church-going people. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week, as was custom of the priests. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. In other words, it was his turn. When the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside, and they were praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. Why well, would say so? It's been over 400 years since anything like this has happened or has been recorded to have happened. He says, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. 
because God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you're gonna name him John. He goes on to say, you're gonna have great joy, gladness, many will rejoice at his birth. He'll be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine, other al alcoholic drinks. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. He's gonna turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He said, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers towards their children and cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So we see in the Old Testament, the last thing God says in Malachi, I'm gonna send Elijah and he's gonna come and he's gonna turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. And then we see here the very next thing that God shows up and declares to John is, John, this person, I mean, to Zechariah, Zechariah, this person, this son that is born is the one that was prophesied about 400 years ago. This is the answer or the fulfillment of my declaration and my word going forth is coming forth through you. But look what Zechariah says. Zechariah says to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? Isn't it funny how we can pray for something and ask God for something and God shows up and says, I'm gonna do that something and then you're like, but how? But really, but how? But really? He says, how can I be sure this happened? I'm old now. I prayed this prayer. He probably has been pr prayed this prayer probably 50 years ago, right? He's like, I'm old now. I'm old now. How are you going to give me children now? Angel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But since you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. That's powerful right there. You know what's so awesome about this, and this is such the mercy of God in this? Because sometimes God gives you an opportunity to respond to his word, and if you refuse to respond to that word, or you doubt that word, or you mock that word, sometimes that chance for you is over. Thank God. We look, well, man, he shut his mouth for that long. That's horrible. No, that was God's mercy that he shut his mouth. Because still the fulfillment of God's promise was going to come to pass. The point is this. How we respond to God's spoken word matters. How we respond to God's spoken word matters. In Luke chapter 15, it goes on to say, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the same angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, and she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, she tried to think, what, could this, what, what are you talking about? Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. He says, you're gonna conceive and give birth to a son and you're gonna name him Jesus. He'll be very great. He'll be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Then Mary asks a question. Zechariah asked a question. God, how can this happen? I'm old. Now this promise 
of a baby shows up to Mary and she's going to ask a question. She says this, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will be born, the baby to be born will be holy and you'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son as in now in her sixth month. Again, for the word of God will never fail. For the word of God will never fail. Zechariah asked a question and Mary asked a question. How come the angel shut Zechariah up and he didn't shut Mary up? They both asked a question. It comes back to where is that question coming from? Is that question come, is that questioning coming from a heart of unbelief or just a curious heart? God's not afraid of your questions. But as a believer in Christ Jesus and one who has followed God for a while, God does become slightly irritated with our questions of doubt and unbelief. With our questions of why me, why always me, why has this bad thing happened to me, how come nothing ever good happens to me, why am I struggling with this, why aren't you intervening, why aren't you here, why aren't you answering your problems, why aren't you answering my, my questions, why? There's a difference between that and saying, God, how? How is this going to happen? I'm really curious. I'm really excited about it, but I'm really curious. Because then Mary goes on to say, this is how she responds. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. The angel left her. And I love this because the Bible talks about how she goes to Elizabeth's house and how Elizabeth then told her, he says, you're blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. She was probably thinking, my husband was silent for so many months because he didn't believe. But you, were, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. How we respond to the word of God is huge. And real quickly, before we go this morning, I want to go through a couple stories. It won't be long, I promise. How we respond to the word of God is huge. Our response to the word is what gives the word full access or no access into our lives. I'm going to say it again, okay? How we respond to the word is what gives the word full access or limited access in our life or gives it the ability to come to pass in our life. Now, we see this all through the word of God. I was reading through this story in 2 Kings, verse number 6. I believe we've been talking about it over the last month or so as well where there was that severe famine in the land of Samaria where, you know, it was such... Uh, so the, the famine extended so, 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 so long. And it was so severe that people were doing things they said they would never do. They were eating their children, right? And they were buying and selling things like, you know, a donkey's head. And it sold for an outrageous amount of money. And then it also talked about eating, you know, dove's dung or dove poop. And... It costs an outrageous amount of money. And it's easy for us to go, I would never eat that. I would never do that. You don't know unless you walk in someone else's shoes. Right? And I think we need to be cautious about that. 
when we're looking at our homeless population, instead of getting irritated with them, asking you for money every day, maybe we should be led by the Spirit of God and ask God what we need to do. Because God loves them. And the blood of Jesus was shed to redeem them and for them to walk in the life and the freedom of Jesus Christ, just like he was shed for me. So there was famine in the land. So then God shows up through the man of God, through the prophet of God, because remember, that's how he speaks to the people. The famine was so severe, so harsh, but God shows up through the man of God to declare over the people. He says, by this time tomorrow, everything's going to change. He declares the word of God. Those things that you were paying so much money for, you're just going to have to pay pennies for. Those things that used to be hard to obtain, it's going to come really, really easy. Right? So the prophet's declaring the word of God. Elisha was talking to the king, telling him what God had spoken, and the king's servant goes, what? There is no way that this can happen. King, seriously, you're going to believe this guy? Because there is no way. Even if God himself opened the windows of heaven, there is no way that this can happen. But you see in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse number 19, the king's, says the king's officer replied, this couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And the man of God said, you'll see it happen with your own eyes, but you're not going to be able to eat any of it. And so it was. If you read the story, it'll tell you that people trampled into death at the gate because it's very important what you do with the word of God. How you respond to a spoken word of God makes all the difference. You had a whole group of people experiencing from that point on the very next day the favor of God, the life of God, the increase of God. Man, they were experiencing Increase in every area. What was expensive is now inexpensive. Freedom came from it. They weren't in bondage anymore. But the one who stood at the, at the gate and said, nah, that's never going to happen, he didn't see it. Listen, this is what I don't want with any single person in this room. I don't want us as minister to stand up and declare the word of God or for you to open the word of God and read all the promises of God and for us to roll our eyes and never experience the power of that God wants to show up in your life. I don't want anyone in this room to miss out on what God has declared over you because the word of God is available to all who will believe it. The Bible says in Isaiah 46, God says himself, this is what God says. First of all, he says, I am God, there is none like me. You should read it, it's actually cool talks about how amazing he is and he's so amazing he says I make known the end from the beginning from ancient times what's to come I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please or all that I purpose this is what God says my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please so the question is not will God's purpose be accomplished the question is are you going to choose to participate in that purpose God's purpose will be accomplished whether you participate nor a part of it that's up to you when God called us here 
to Fresno to start a church. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying God called us up. Hello? Are you there? No. When God called us to Fresno, what I'm saying is when God put it in our heart, a desire, a knowing that we were supposed to pastor, and he put in our heart just this desire to come to Fresno. We show up in Fresno, we start walking it out. We believed at that point, we felt like God had already asked six other people before us to do what he had called us to do here in this town. We felt like we were the seventh one that God chose. And we said yes to the call. But we also believe that if we said no, or if we quit in the process, that God will pick an eighth to fulfill his purpose and his plan here in this valley because God has a people that need freedom in this valley and God is bringing freedom to this valley. It was up to Randy and I to go, yes, we'll say yes. I'll say yes. I'll say yes to going to Fresno. I'll say yes to doing whatever it takes to establish a place where people can come and to know you and to make you known. I'll say yes to that. But if I chose to say no, God's plan will still be accomplished. I just wouldn't be a part of it. It'd just be somebody else up here standing, declaring the truth of the word of God to you. Because God's ultimate plan shall come to pass. We see this in the life of the children of Israel. Those of you who know the story, God led them out of a place of bondage. His plan, his purpose was to walk them into a place of prosperity and blessing and a land that flowed with more than enough of everything they needed. The Bible says they got these people to the edge of that land. He wanted it for them. He tried to talk them into it. He tried to tell them all the amazing things that they were going to experience. But they stood at the land and they said, eh, nah, eh, no. It's going to be too hard. I don't think I want to fight for it. No, no, thanks. But no thanks, I think I'll just go hang out. I'd rather go back to where I was. So although God provided it, God wanted it so bad for them, they chose not to participate. So the Bible says that those people wandered around in the wilderness until they all died off, and there was another generation that they birthed that he took back to the edge of that land and says, Y'all want to be part of the plan? And they say, yes, let me go in. And they went in, and they possessed the land. You know, we like to say, God's in control. Sometimes that's a cop-out, y'all. Sometimes that's a cop-out. That God's in control. Apparently not. Some of y'all weren't nice this week. If God was in control, y'all would have been nice this week. Ultimately, in the full scope and the end plan, what was written in the word shall come to pass. God is in control of that. Whether God uses you, I don't know. You cannot look in the world that we live in now and say God is in control. God is not in control of rape. God is not in control of incest. God is not con in control of the strife that's in your home. That is not God in control. That's you in control.
God doesn't control people. We yield our will to him. God will never control people. We yield our will to him. His plan and his purpose will be seen. His word will come to pass. But we as people have to yield our will. And God may not be in control of your life because you haven't yielded your life to him. If we were to fully yield our life to him, we would see the joy that he promised. We would see peace in our home that he promised. We would see greater increase in our life. Does the enemy stop fighting you? Absolutely not. But we would see the authority of Jesus Christ be resident and re coming out of us in a greater measure because we yield control to him. If you know the story about Naaman in the Old Testament, talked about he was full of leprosy. And his little servant girl goes, if you go see the man of God and you go see Elisha, I believe he can declare uh, uh, life into you and, and pray a prayer over you. And I believe that healing will come to you. The Bible says Elisha went to the man of God's house, knocked on the door. The man of God didn't show up. His servant did. And he's like, dude, I came all this way and you're not going to come lay your hands on me? The servant said, the man of God says, if you'll go dip seven times in the in the, you know, dirty Jordan River, you'll come out clean. Naaman almost missed his miracle because he didn't properly respond to the word of God. It didn't come from the person he thought it should come from, for one thing. It didn't come from the person he thought it should come from, for one thing. Let's be cautious that we don't receive a word of God from a messenger just because it looks like your wife or it looks like your husband, or it looks like your child. You ever had your kid preach to you? And you wanna go, get over here. He almost missed a miracle because he'd rather do it his way. Because how you respond to the word of God matters. The last story is in Matthew chapter 19. The Bible says this man comes up to Jesus, a very, very wealthy man. He came to Jesus and he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to have life forever or have eternal life? Or how this translates is the God kind of life. How can I live the life that God wants me to live? How can I live fulfilled in every area of my life, accomplishing God's purpose in my life? How do I do that? Jesus says, well, follow the commandments. Love your mom, you know, honor your mom and dad and give the poor, and he lifts this whole list of things. And the man goes, I've been doing all those things. Then it says Jesus really loved him, so he went a little deeper with him. And in Matthew 19, 21, it says, Yeshua said to him, if you're really serious about reaching this goal, go sell your possessions, give to the poor, you'll have riches in heaven, then come follow me. But the, when the young man heard this, and this is Jesus saying this, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he was wealthy. He just couldn't do it. If you were to read the rest of that story, you'll see Jesus having a conversation with his disciples. And he, 
goes on to tell them, they're like, man, we've left all and, you know, to follow you. And you'll find out that Jesus wasn't trying to get something from this man so this man would live in poverty. Jesus was trying to get something to this man. Because Jesus went on to say, you could give up all of your houses and I would give you houses and more. You could give up all of your things and I would give you things and more. You could give up all of your passions and your dreams and your desires and I would give you passions, dreams and desires more. It matters how you respond to the word of God. It matters how you respond. I wonder how many miracles we've missed and how many God opportunities we've passed up because we don't act on the word of God that was spoken. I mean, this is sobering for me. When God asks me to forgive, it's not to, so that others, you know, he's letting the other people who harmed me off the hook and I'm saying it's all okay. He's asking me to forgive so he can bring about a miracle and extreme deep healing and restoration and wholeness in my life. Because how I respond to the word of God matters. When God asks us to be diligent and work wholeheartedly on our job, serving our employer like we're serving Christ, it's not just to make the business great. It's to bring increase to you. It's to bring favor to you. It's to bring honor to you. It's to bring growth and maturity and increase to you. How we respond to the word of God, it matters. When God asks us to honor him with our possessions, it's not because he needs our boat, our car, our dollar. It's because he wants to fill our bank account with more. It's because he wants to bless us and increase us and favor us because there's a world that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. When God asks us to turn the other cheek, let them have their Christmas tree. Not to throw insult for insult. It's not to make you look weak or to get walked on. It's to let him show up and be your defender. It's to let him show up and, and provide victory, true victory in every area of your life. You know, I know personally, Randy and I have been talking about it. God is, has challenged us every week. You know, when we give of our offerings, we plan, like the Bible says, purpose in your heart what you're going to give. So every week we have this purposed amount, and it's been the same amount every week for quite a while. But we really felt on the inside that God was challenging us to increase that. Not because our wage has increased, not because more money has been coming in. We just felt like God wanted us to increase that. And I can't tell you how excited I was when it was time to give this morning that I was able to give what I felt like God wanted us to give. More than what we were. Do I think that, you know, God looks at that amount and goes, whoo, now, now I'm going to accomplish everything with that amount that you just gave. No, but I'm super excited 
to see the increase and the reward and the favor and the open heavens that come simply because I listened and heeded to the voice of the Lord God on the inside of me. Now I say that not to tell you, yeah, I'm hearing God and I'm following God because there's plenty of opportunities I've missed. I'm saying that because every day we have an opportunity to hear the voice of God and to follow the voice of God, whether it's the written word of God or that prompting on the inside. When we stand up here as ministers and we say, I feel like God is saying, and I heard God say, and I heard God say, almost 99.99% we're not saying that God showed up and spoke in my ear or whispered or I heard his voice. As the believers in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. So you will have a prompting or a feeling as a believer in Christ Jesus, it's your voice of your conscience. Put it this way, have you ever, after receiving Jesus, walked into a place you used to be able to walk in, and all of a sudden you feel this uneasy feeling on the inside? And you're like, ah, I shouldn't be here. That's the Spirit of God talking to you. That's the Spirit of God leading you. So you could really say, God's telling me to get out of here. Not be because God whispered in your ear, because that leading on the inside. Or maybe you were hearing all of the initiatives, and on the inside you felt, man, I need to give to that. But you didn't respond right away. So now you're thinking about it, you're like, eh, I could give or I can't give. That's why it's quick. we need to be quick to respond to the voice of God on the inside because we could be missing opportunities and miracles showing up in our life. Over the last few weeks, if you've been coming, watching online, God has declared again that he's giving us beauty for ashes. Are we responding to that word, though? Are we rolling our eyes or are we surrendering our ashes expecting beauty to be made out of them? Or did we surrender and then we're like, oh, brush them all back up and pile them up again. Are we rolling our eyes or are we surrendering, responding to the word of God? God can only make beauty from the ashes that you give him. God can only make beauty from the ashes that you give him. How you respond to the word of God matters. Are we on purpose putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness? Are we just Netflixing and chill? Or are we just hanging out going, eh, when I feel it, I will? Or are we on purpose putting on the garment of praise taking off the spirit of heaviness because that's God's promise to us. How we respond to the word of God matters. Every week, our lives should be getting better. Our lives should be looking different because every week, whether you're joining us online, whether you're joining us on our daily devos, whether you're reading through the the New Testament with us on a daily basis, or whether you're attending service on Sunday mornings, Our life should be changing because every week we're hearing the word of God that requires a response. Every time the word of God is preached, it requires a response. An active 
doing of what we heard. This is what I don't want, and this is where we're ending. I don't want us to just come to church because we feel like it's the thing to do. I want us to be coming to church to hear a word of God that we can actively start doing in our life so we can start seeing the miracles of God work in our life, that we truly are becoming a light then in our workplace, on our campus. That it's not just, yeah, I go to church. People start seeing Jesus in us because miracles and life are flowing out of us because we're responding correctly to the word of God. And you know what is so powerful about this? You don't have to be a preacher for this to work for you. You don't have to have a college degree for this to work for you. You don't have to have married parents who have raised you uh, serving Jesus all the days of your life for this to work for you. It will work for every single one who will grab it and respond in a faith-filled way. Let's all stand in this place. How we respond to the word of God matters. And in this room right now, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. Those of you who in the, you're in this room and maybe you, know, you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that you know, you've been living life on your own, doing things your own way, and it's really not working for you. Even if you think it is, it's really not. You still lay in bed at night tormented because you don't know what's going to happen when life here is over. The Bible says as believers in Christ Jesus, when we die here on this earth, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. You're going to live forever somewhere. The Bible says it's the thief. It's Satan that comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. But Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of Satan, and he did it so completely that now you can stand in the life of God experiencing the joy of God responding to the word of God and seeing miracles in life happen so I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to the word of God the Bible says all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved in this room I just want us to open up our hearts you know, if you're in this room, I want to, I'd really like to see who you are. If you want to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, I, I hear what you're saying. I want to give my life 100% to Jesus today. If that's you, can you just stick your hand up in the air? Yeah, all over this room. You know, I freshly surrendered to Jesus every single day. I, every single morning, go, God, I say yes to your will and no to mine. Because Shrihan's will wants to get in the way. I say, God, no to my will, yes to yours. Yes to yours, yes to yours. Let's pray this prayer. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent Jesus to live and to give his life for me. I say today, no longer my will, but yours in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this group of people. God, today, as we've been aware, God, that there's a required response when your word is spoken. And God, our response matters. 
God, this morning, individually, we say yes, God, to your will. You know, this morning, I can pray this for me, but you got to pray this for you. This is you. I'm only responsible for my response to God and me saying yes to him and whatever he's asking me to do. Y'all have your own relationship and response to the word of God that you have to be accountable for. So if you so desire, let's take this opportunity and say, God, not my will. God, not my will, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. God, I say yes to you. God, every time that we hear a spoken word of God, may we respond in the appropriate manner. God, as we're walking throughout our week this week, God, if we feel your prompting to give something, to sow something, if we feel your leading to call someone on the phone, if we feel your leading, God, to, to make a phone call or to bake something and take it to a neighbor, God, whatever that is, God, if we feel that prompting, help us, God, to be quick to respond to it. God, I believe as we respond to your spoken word, God, we will see, we are seeing, God, beauty for ashes. God, I believe every day, God, as we lift our hands and praise and rejoice, God, that the spirit of heaviness, God, is thrown off and joy and life and peace come. God, may we respond to your word so quickly. God, we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.